Hey, Christian, real quick, can I get some sound for Sirius XM Radio real quick? Just yeah. a quick station ID? Yeah. Right, can you say, this is Christian Kirk, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Yeah. What, the Roster what? Roster Watch. Okay. This is Christian Kirk, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. I am Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert. Um, a bunch of stuff to get to today. It's actually uh, our last, probably the last pod with Byron and I. And so we head off to Mobile next week for the Senior Bowl. Make sure and stay tuned here on the podcast. Uh, for that also hoping to get one guest podcast up here on the public feed at some point this week as well so uh, you know big interesting stuff coming up here with the with the uh, senior bowl we'll have some pro podcasts from there we'll also have some of the podcasts here on the itunes and stitcher feed wherever your favorite podcast players if you're enjoying the ramped up volume of these podcasts Please give the podcast a five star rating and review in iTunes or you know Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Where, just wherever it is you listen, it really makes a big difference. Please rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who did it last week. And if you really like the pod and you want to support us in the best way possible, please go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. It is the way that you can become part of the family, man, and, just, and, and really support us in all the work that we do and make sure that you have the access to all the information that you need to help you dominate in fantasy football, whether that's Dynasty, Best Ball, Season Long, or DFS. All right, with that said, Byron, what the hell is going on, brother? I'm going to experience entirely too much cognitive dissonance if we don't put a wrap on this Dynasty talk, man. All right, so let, so before we get in... We've made the skeleton of the best ball cheat sheet, but we might not. I might just get. I I, I have one main question as I'm trying to structurally put this thing together that I'll get to you uh, at the end of the at the end of the pod. Of course, we'll get into the senior bowlers next week. Um, it should should be an awesome time there as always. Like Byron always says, it's like opening up the presents uh, whenever we first get there. Just kind of seeing these guys for the first time and coming away with our takeaways. Excited to bring those to you on the podcast. Next week from live in Mobile, Alabama, we'll also be on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports. I don't know. We'll have the schedule for that on, on the pod next week to make sure you guys, you guys can hear us. With that being said, Byron, let's just get back into the Dynasty talk that we need to finish from the last one. Yeah, I guess it's actually technically Dynasty sophomores. A lot of this is kind of evaluating the landscape of the fallout from last year's Dynasty rookies and how that may relate to our strategy in our Dynasty leagues. This season, so we've knocked out quite a few, but let's just start rapid fire, and I guess through them, Alex. We'll start with the receivers. The Golden Sun, Anthony Miller, tweeting out the other day that the league isn't ready. They haven't seen uh, the real Anthony Miller yet, and uh, that uh, that's what's on deck for year two. So uh, I have genuine concerns about Mitchell Trubisky as that relates to the ceiling of all the fantasy players on that team. But let me ask you, Alex, how are we feeling about Anthony Miller, the Golden Sun? Uh, heading into year two as a dynasty prospect 
uh, there with the Bears. I love Anthony Miller. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm holding Anthony Miller everywhere. I mean, clearly I love Anthony Miller. I mean, I love... Anthony Miller got swindled in his rookie season. Anthony Miller had to play an entire season with a with the, with the shoulder subfluxation or whatever. I mean, it, Dr. David Chow has talked about this and has documented this thing very well. That guy played like a soldier with an injury that a lot of people would have just gotten the surgery on. But he said, no, I'm going to wear this brace and I'm going to have my – I mean, you saw, Byron, how restricted his range of motion was. And he still – I mean, did, did he still have seven or eight touchdowns? Yeah, he he was second in the league, second in rookies in touchdowns. I mean, and he couldn't move. He 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 can't he he can't hold his hold his arm above his shoulder. You know, this isn't going to be anything that sticks with him. People will keep on acting like this was uh, an injury. You know, like a set of injuries where it's like, oh shit, this is just how it's going to be with that shoulder. It keeps popping out. No, like if he gets it fixed, he's going to be fine. What it what it was was that every week he would have to wear that. It was the Arizona game where it happened, right? Down there in Arizona. And there was every game after that that he had to wear this brace. You could tell at the very beginning um, he was still getting used to it. I think by the end, what happened with the uh, with the the second to last week the Bears played, whenever it looked like he might just – where he had to go right into the – you know, right into the locker room. If I forget which was – was that versus the Lions or the – maybe the Vikings, the first time they played the Vikings – I forget which one it was, but um, no, it was it was versus the Vikings in the week seven. They they played the Vikings in week seventeen, right? And that was the game where they had the decision of yeah, it came out again. Went to, right, it came out again in that one, and it looked really really bad, right? But all it was was I think by then he just got a little bit used to that brace, and he kind of was starting to feel himself a little more, started having feel a little bit better, and he just he just didn't put it on tight enough. That's what Dr. David Chow said. That's the only way that that shoulder could come out like it did at that point in time was him not taking the same care with getting that brace on correctly. And he's he's going to get he's going to he's not going to have any of those issues next season. So well, I mean, you I, know, I, I, I think I, it I certainly like, indicates his what certainly indicates his toughness. And one of the big evaluations on Anthony Miller coming out was that he was a dog. I'm still pretty comfortable with. I thought always thought that kind of on the. Um, you never want to call it a conservative evaluation when you make this comp because it's another golden son uh, that's one of the most cherished of all time. But, you know, I kind of always said Anthony Miller, I thought floor-wise, was probably on par with maybe like a Cooper Cup and certainly had a little bit more upside than that as an explosive combination receiver. I think Trubisky has a little bit of a limiting factor, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure they have as many guys to spread it around to like the Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods of the world over there in Los Angeles. So, you know, I th- I think we could still see a Cooper Cup like trajectory in year two uh, there with Anthony Miller, and uh, it's enough to keep me interested. Certainly, number one rookie in the league in terms of touchdown celebrations, right, Alex? And, and just and just in terms of just toughness. And here's the thing, dude. He's going just in best ball. He's going after, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, who might not even come back next year. Curtis Samuel. Adam Humphreys, Michael Gallup, Zay Jones, way after Zay Jones. I mean, 30 picks after Zay Jones. Um, you know, way after Sterling Shepard and Christian Kirk. I mean, he's, he's, he's going around the same time. Let me ask you this. I mean, would you rather have in Dynasty, would you rather have Anthony Miller or Robert Foster? I mean, I can't scrap my whole evaluation on one year. I want Anthony Miller. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so yes. do I. So, I mean, it's like, I... He, people have totally forgotten about him. We're going to be able to get Anthony Miller on the post-hype sleeper stuff with, like, our last pick before we take kickers and defenses next year. And you could bet your ass I'm going to do it as far as a redraft. And I think at Dynasty right now, if you could get him for a third-round pick, please go go do it. The, the one worry is Mitchell Trubisky, and I feel like that, that worry could be neutralized just a little bit by the fact that Mag Nagy's there and what he's done with that offense. Just, just it's, It seems promising. And maybe yeah, you know, I think Trubisky can get better. Didn't. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Maybe that offense sort of knew that Anthony Miller wasn't 100%, so they went to him in the spots where they could really depend on him the most, and that's down there at the, down there at the goal line and in the end zone and stuff. It's clear that they have a role for him pegged out down there. Right, so if he can keep that role and also continue to add on to that role, just being used as out of the slot, just as a trick, I'm still I'm, I'm still high on Anthony Miller. Now, I'm not letting the I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let just the recency bias of a season that was plagued by a horrible shoulder injury that he showed a ton of grit and toughness to get through to where it's it's almost like am I gonna hold it against him that he was gritty and tough and played through the season. No. And you do do have to give some consideration. It was a rookie receiver coming out of Memphis. There's a bit of a transition there. You know, I, maybe for another pod when we dive more into the best ball uh, construction, I know that we've had some minor discussion about potential interest in year two of Allen Robinson up there with Chicago as well. So can't own both those guys. That'll be an interesting dynamic. Certainly sounds like Anthony Miller coming at a, a major discount right now. Alex, let's turn to another golden and dear son from the university pro day tour and also from the training camp tour. Uh, really put on a show last year. Uh, where are you at on Cortland Sutton heading into year two? There's been a lot of herky jerky action in Denver with Elway and the new coaching staff and, Kubiak in and Kubiak out and I know it looks like Case Keenum probably there here for this for this next season but a lot of things came home to roost with Cortland Sutton this year man I mean he when he had to slide over to that number one spot as predicted he wasn't ready he wasn't the route runner and it was the technician Deshaun Hamilton who was actually able to shine as as a rookie but uh so how, how are you reconciling uh, Cortland Sutton's uh, short-term uh, appeal in Dynasty. Well, it, I mean, so it looks like as we're as we're as we're recording this, it looks like they are finalizing the deal with um, Rich Rich Skagner Rich Skag, Skagarello or whatever Rich Scan. I'm sorry, Rich Scangarello um, for the quarterbacks coach from the 49ers and. What what do you what do you make of that move? I, I I know that people act like it was you know everybody acts like it's a good it's a sort of a good transition um, there for them. I mean obviously their original plan was Gary Kubiak, but what, there was something where it's like differences in opinion about how that stuff was going to go. I guess Kubiak now where did, where did Kubiak go? Is he like a analyst or something for the for the Jaguars or something like that? It, I thought it was the Vikings. Was it the Vikings? It, it might have been the Vikings. I think he was like, I'm having trouble keeping up with how everything is. But look, man, I mean, it can't it can't be any worse than uh, it can't be any worse than last season, right? Last season they wouldn't even get Cortland Sutton. They wouldn't even get Cortland Sutton. Oh, it was it was it was Musgrave last year. He wouldn't even be, like. I remember versus the 49ers whenever Sutton was lined up on Richard Sherman and he just refused to get him off of Richard Sherman. 
Even Gary though, Kubiak he, has he, been hired as an offensive advisor in Minnesota, Alex. Okay. Why did I think Jaguars? There was something with Didn't his son, Crawford I think, going on over there. Uh, I for, okay. Anyway, um, the uh, the – I, I don't think it could get any really really any worse, right? Probably not they, a buy low not, though, right? Good. I mean, if you drafted Cortland Sutton, are you ready to sell low on him at all? Probably not. Maybe if it's some kind of trade, like not with draft picks, but players, and I get Sutton back and what was a bit, Sutton's a bit of a ADP discount last year, like what one point zero six, one point zero seven in most leagues. Yeah, top I, half I mean, of first round. I'm not sure that you. I think you could probably give it a discount from that, but I'm not sure I'm willing to give that up. Maybe, you know, but this year, you know, it's going to be weird in Dynasty this year. There's not going to be any consensus. I can already see that happening. And people are going to be all over the board about how they value these guys. We'll probably see a couple of these running backs sort of make their way to the top. It seems like uh, Nikhil Harry is probably going to find his way to the top among wide receivers if I were to take an early guess. But... You know, so obviously, if you know, drafted man. Deshaun I, I mean, Hamilton, you feel super good right now. So I mean, look, the, I, on, if you take a step, I, I'm back, not sure. That, like, I, I, I really don't know. Like, I, I, I want to get to the Senior Bowl and the Combine and stuff like that before I can really gauge how much I even value these mid to late first round picks this year. And if if, if I value them about like I think that I will, and I'm going to be staring down the barrel of like choosing between like a Kelvin Harmon and a DK Metcalf. Or you know whatever running back happens to fall to me at one, like at one of those spots, I'm I'm not sure that I wouldn't think about maybe giving up my first for Cortland Sutton. He's a big big beast, and he's going to be a really good wide receiver. And at, 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 at the NFL level, we've seen it with our own eyes and our own evaluations. We've seen that he's teachable. Now the the one concern, because you put all that together, and, and like you, like you, you, like our like our boy Matt Kelly always says when he's come on the the uh, serious show, just about a player profiler, what they have with the size adjusted athletic, the size adjusted agility scores on Cortland Sutton were through the roof, and those correlate a whole lot with with NFL production. Then you just have the eyeball test from us, the the coachability that we've seen, the kind of kid that we've seen he is, the opportunity that does await him. The quarterback situation there is not that bad. The only thing that kind of counterbalances that is that down the stretch of the season, Cortland Sutton was given chances, and he, he kind of shrunk, man. Deshaun Hamilton was the guy who, like in DFS, who, who, you, who, who you wanted to play every week once, um, once, once Emmanuel Sanders went out, at least. You know, Cortland Sutton had his, had his chance. He had the opportunity that, like, Kenny Galladay had this year, and he didn't step up in the same way. Now, granted, Kenny Galladay was um, a guy who had a, Second a year, year under his belt. But can you believe that – so Deshaun Hamilton in half-point PPR finished with 7.3 fantasy points per game over seven games. Cortland Sutton finished with 7.2 over 16 yeah, games. Yeah, so I can't because the this same. it was entirely predictable. And if you go back to our evaluations from last year's NFL draft process, process is essentially exactly, you know – the conclusion that we came to and you know we we like the rookies who are the technicians that was Deshaun Hamilton I said all along that Cortland Sutton was the trajectory of a year two or year three guy because he couldn't couldn't run routes and then he got the boon from the ability to come in as a number three essentially as a starter on the outside in training camp where he's drawing the other team's 
third and fourth cornerbacks and it's a great matchup for him and he didn't have to be a technician is like a sweet spot to start as a rookie and so that was a little bit of a of a boost in first year appeal and then you know what happened is when Thomas went out because Sutton had looked pretty good in that it very predictably looked good in that number three kind of starter spot you know, everybody obviously just assumed at that point, well, he's already looked good. Clearly, the team's seen a half a yeah, season true, of him. And you had, you they had think a beat on that one to, to they begin they, with. You had a beat on that I mean, to begin with. That's what I said, said all, like along. I said all Sutton, along. He's a two- and three-year guy. He's faced off against the bad corners in his first year. By the time that first year's over and he could take on for Demarius Thomas, he'll be better and he'll be able to handle, like, the number one attention at that point. But I'm not sure he can in his yeah, first we, year. And, and, you know, there was no way not to put him at the top of the waiver wire cheat sheet that, that week. But I look back and I said, man, I wish we had stayed a little bit more, a little, a little bit more moored, anchored to our original evaluations than letting, you know, there was, you know, the circumstantially, you know, it looked like the opportunity was ripe there for a sudden. But as we predicted, as soon as he moved to the number one spot and had to go against the bit, the better corners, he wasn't, a, he's not a good enough route runner to succeed as a rookie that was yes. anybody can go back yes. and listen yeah no yeah exactly so i think that the the our evaluation has always been on a as a year two year three breakout guy with him keenum's fine in year two i mean it remains to be seen what goes on beyond that i mean i know there was some interest in flacco of kubiak's day there's Foles has been floated around of course they'll be in the fold for some kind of rookie quarterback which wouldn't may not get me quite as excited about Sutton's long-term appeal but I mean I think he's just fine for year two and 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 year three I mean uh, this is where we expected him to surge a little let, bit so let me ask you this just just I because I, I know there's other guys you want to get to but these are two other guys who are um who are rookies just like what these these guys are going back to back as far as wide receivers in best ball at 88.7 and 92.1 so I figure if they're if that's the case with them in best ball, they probably have similar um, similar ev- evaluations or I guess si- similar valuations among dynasty players. Or do they? Who do you who would you rather have, Kiki Cutie or Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton. I mean, in even PP, though Kiki I mean, Cutie has just shown a he's Kiki Cutie has undeniably shown a better fantasy upside thus far. You just think the Cortland could come into a bigger one. As, as time moves on in a in, in a dynasty set, set up is that what you're saying i mean the ppr is a bit of an equalizer there obviously but yeah i mean i just i can't get off that entire value i mean look the courtland sutton has so much alshon jeffrey and to him and a little bit of brandon marshall i mean he's 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 that kind of player but we knew it was going to take a while i don't really think he's that by much of a buy low those who drafted him though they they knew what they were trying to get into, and if you can get him in the so, second round for the if you can get him for a second round pick, you would you you would do that, right? Yeah, or if I could ship like a veteran off my dynasty roster and get a couple of guys that I think, I you know have some appeal that are younger in return, and Sutton was one of those. I mean, that's the kind of deal I could look at with Cortland Sutton and still be pretty interested. He he should have a bright future. That you know, the kids Let a beast and predictably Deshaun, tough rookie year. Deshaun Hamilton is going 20 spots in best ball after Anthony Miller. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'd say you have to probably like Deshaun Hamilton more than Anthony Miller. You definitely have to, especially if Case Keenum's back. I mean, that's a as stream of value. As far as, as that value. price? As far that's as that a, price or just in a vacuum? In a vacuum. 
which just, you know, uh, magnify, magnifies the value at that price. Well, I'll make a note here on the best ball sheet. That, we're not going to get anywhere near that far down the sheet with the questions I ask you in a little while, but I'll make a note here on Anthony Miller and Deshaun uh, Hamilton. Let's move right. along. Cliff Kingsbury in the desert, another object of our affection last draft season, a golden son, Christian Kirk, really started to flash there, you know, through kind of the middle portion of that season before he went out with the injury. But people hate kind of what's going on. I know there's probably some enthusiasm with Kingsbury, but folks don't know what to make a Rosen. That team looks like absolute shit. Christian Kirk, if you weren't already in love with him, didn't probably really blow your doors off as a as an owner in, in Dynasty. Where is Christian Kirk's uh, dynasty value at Alex. Well, so I mean, he's not going to blow my doors off either. But I would not mind speculating on some Christian Kirk. I'm of the unpopular opinion that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be good there. He's he's he, he's hiring a good staff. If if they can get some offensive line help, he's he, he's going to make Josh Rosen better, and by proxy, that's going to make Christian Kirk better because I don't think that Larry Fitzgerald's coming back. And so Christian Kirk gets moved into the slot. And what have we seen slot wide receivers do in these tech-style air raid offenses for years and years and years and years and years? We've seen him go bananas. Just absolutely ham bananas. I mean, whether it is Kiki QT, whether it's Jakeem Grant, well, I mean, all the way back to like, guys like Welker and Danny Amendola. And like, these guys go nuts. And you're telling me that you don't think the and you're you're telling me that you don't think the Cliff Kingsbury's already very 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 well aware of exactly who Christian Kirk is. Get out! I mean, get out of here. They, they, I I love I love buying Christian Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I've I've I'm a I've I've been a very big fan of Christian Kirk's for a long time and was very bullish on him during last year's draft season. I like him a whole lot. I mean, I absolutely want to acquire Christian Kirk where I can. I don't know that you he's can get him on necessarily a buy low. Super cheap right now. You think so? Well, I, I guess. I mean, it looks like I, I just I, I don't I hate to keep bringing up best ball, but it's like, it's just a good way to sort of gauge ADPs right now. And he's he's going around the same time as the Zay Joneses, the Sammy Watkins, the Sterling Shepherds, and the Dante Pettises. So. I mean, people are valuing him. I, um, I could, I could be talked into liking Pettis at the top of that heap, but Christian Kirk, I like right, right up there with him. Well, I mean, Dante Pettis. In fairness, Dante Pettis is going ten spots ahead of Christian Kirk, but they're in the same little group there between ninety-five and one hundred five or so. Christian Kirk was an excellent prospect that we were bullish on last draft season. Uh, I was certainly far higher on him as a combo receiver who could move outside than. A lot of the naysayers in the industry, and I think he proved it, man. And he, and he did fine. He, he proved, proved it right. And actually, Josh Rosen is still a very good quarterback prospect. So I'm also not going to get uh, bent out of shape with groupthink on that. So I like the future there. Uh, as a matter of fact, either of those guys could be, you know, potent- if they're by lows, I could be potentially interested in. But Christian Kirk, yeah, if you have him, I think it's time to continue feeling good about him. If you're able to get him back, you know, much like some of these other guys we've talked about, we would still continue to be interested. That was one of the top guys of last year's rookies. Let uh, me ask you this. Would you trade away like Corey Davis for Christian Kirk in a two? Oh, absolutely. I hate Something Corey like that. Davis. Those are the, yeah, I think those are the kinds of things that you could pull off right now. Uh, Gil Brandt was tweeting about him a few weeks ago. Our buddy Trent Crinky was asking about, about him about six weeks ago. And then I saw you tweeting about him a few days ago, Alex. 
Is there, uh, is it, is it, um, is the cat out of the bag or is, uh, are we able to get in cheap on Dion Kane in Indianapolis right now? You no, know, I, I mean, I hope I didn't let the cat out of the bag. I mean, how enticed that, that, are we that really? That wide receiver core is just so bad and there's nobody outside of T.Y. Hilton and they don't, they don't have a body on that offense that's like him. And that is a good offense. That's a Frank Reich offense. Dion Kane is going to be Alshon Jeffery. I mean that's as simple as it. Like he's he's going to be if if if, if he stays healthy. So no, I, I don't think the cat's out of the bag. I mean, uh, I mean, wh- what is his? I mean, in best he he's he, he's he's not even being drafted in best ball. Um, we'll be drafting him. He do you remember how Deion Kane was blowing up camp? Oh yeah, he was. A, I mean, Gil Brandt says he's going mean, to be a he star. He was a hot name. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. So, yeah, go get him. So if you're listening and you're in a... I, yeah, go get him. Yeah, go get him. I think that's sharp. I know you, I have. Okay, another like, one. I mean, you... like, I, I, can't do anything, I can't do anything more actionable about Deion Kane because I literally own him in every dynasty league. That or I think there's one that I don't, and I'm going to try and get him in that one. <laughs> Uh, you alluded to him earlier, Alex. I actually really love the role that he's currently in. I uh, think we saw some big plays down the stretch. Uh, how much interest do you have in Michael Gallup in Dynasty right now? I, I, will, I think that Amari Cooper being in Dallas helps him, actually. he was never. We've said it from his senior bowl. He was never going to be a guy that could come in and be your true X-wide receiver. That's why we didn't like the pick. It's like, what's Dallas doing? Just accumulating a bunch of number twos. It took them till, you know, three quarters of the way through the season to realize what they had done and to, and to, and to, and to rectify it. You know, to us, we saw that right off the bat. That, that like, Michael Gallup is not going to come in and be your alpha number one. With that being said, I, I mean, that's a run first, Zeke Elliott offense. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty dated offense. You know, Jason Garrett at first saying that they are going to, they're going to keep the offensive coaching staff. And then Stephen Jones yesterday at his, at his deal saying, uh, not so, thinks a little too early to say that. Then Jason Garrett at his next press availability said that he spoke too soon and, like, it's too early to say if they're keeping everybody. So we could get Scott Linehan out of there. I mean, that could help a little bit. But I think that the identity of that offense is still, it's going to be a group of triplets. I mean, they see it as Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup's going to be nothing more than a auxiliary option. With that said, there were weeks where Amari Cooper disappeared, and even if Michael Gallup didn't have big weeks in those games, there were weeks down the stretch where he completely dominated in air yards. So I think that the the opportunity could be there, but I'm not buying on him. Well, I, don't you th- I mean, there was kind of two camps. Like you were you were one of our users who took our valuations on you know Gallup from live settings last year, and you drafted him only late if he fell to you. And in that case, you probably feel kind of decent about him. Or you were in one of those camps where you had him as like a top you know three to five wide receiver in the class and took him with your first round rookie draft pick, which was totally cockamamie. But I'm you know. I, I'm not sure you're ready to fire sell him at this point. You know what I mean? I guess you'd That's have to fair. really bend somebody over and get him back. Certainly, certainly like where he's headed, but uh, a definite, 
ceiling there. All right, let's just buzz through a few more here. Jay Gruden coming out with a harebrained comment that the team is uh, prioritizing uh, Jamison Crowder in free agency. What does this do for the sweet golden son with the 10-inch hands, Trey Quinn of Roster Watch Nation? Well, that would certainly hurt. I want, I want Jamison Crowder out of there. I want him out of there. I mean, I, I, want, I want Trey Quinn to be, because if that's the case, Trey Quinn's not going to step up to be the number one wide receiver in that offense. I mean, I that's one that I might want to patronize be. Gruden about at the combine. Just say, what are you talking about? Yeah, is it like, so I hope not. I mean, if you, here's the thing. If you make him a priority, he's going to want Jarvis Landry money, period. You want to pay, like, I, I don't want to pay Jarvis Yeah, Jarvis but he's Landry been money. so injured sure and not even James matching. Yeah, I think if he'd had a good season, he would have. Yeah, right. I'm sure he'll want it, but he's nowhere near Jarvis Landry's league in terms of production and durability the last few years. Understood, but he, but, but he's going to want it, and that's just how it's. You know, that's just how it's going to be. I, I mean, does he deserve it? Of course not. Right? Of course not. I mean, look at his fantasy points. His fantasy points per game is. He's not even in the top fifty in half point PPR. Where is where to? And that has nothing to do with him only playing nine games. I mean, he's a dude. He's a he, he's a Josh Reynolds, a Dontrell Inman, a Tyrell Williams, a Brandon LaFell, a Willie Sneed, a Anthony Miller, a Cole Beasley, a Deshaun Hamilton. Like that's what Jamison Crowder has 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 been. So I don't know, man. Like maybe he maybe he won't. Maybe his agent's not even stupid enough to ask for something like that. Before this season, that was the general line of thought, though. Oh, and Trey Quinn's on my waiver wire. His, I still want dink and duck stuff. I still want. I still want to hold. If Trey Quinn's on the waiver wire, I still probably want to pick him up and hold on. He should. He should be owned, right? In dynasty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He should be on your taxi squad. Yeah. And you, we got to see what the quarterback situation shakes out like there too. I mean, how much Cole well, McCoy I, yeah, did? I don't know. That, I don't know. That, tra- yeah, I don't know that Alex Smith is going to come back to playing football. I just can't believe I mean, that he there would. Been some, there have been some dubious, dubious, like unconfirmed reports, but reports of him having to take muscle from like one part of his body and put in another part. And Dr. David Chow says if he did that, then we could, you know, he should he be didn't retired. Say anything, but he just said like we're, you know. We could be talking about the end, the end of a career if, if, if those types of um, procedures are happening, which is still unconfirmed at this point. It should be the end of Alex Smith's career. Uh, what about Jim on Moore in Green Bay? Actually, the, the uh, just, I mean, it's just too, was it's the not, rookie wide receiver they drafted the highest, but did the least because they had Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez because he, because he's Valdez no Scantling. He's no good. Don't you, he's he's no good. I look, I, 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 I want to take shots on talent on my dynasty teams. I don't want to draft players who are no good. Jamon Moore is no good. We've seen it with our own eyes at the Senior Bowl. We've seen it at the Combine. We've seen it on his film. I was amazed with how much better a wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall, the kid that's going to be at the Senior Bowl this year from Missouri, is than Jamon Moore, even though they reminded me a little bit of each other at first just because they're big, tall, and fast. There's just Jamon Moore just, like – they, what 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 does he do well that you noticed in all the time you spent watching him last offseason? Uh, he was just never a guy we could get behind, you know? He's just there not was that a, good. A little bit of group think from the industry grade on him. And then of the Packers, just an interesting, they really heavily pursued wide receivers in the middle to late rounds of that draft last year, pick, picking three of them. And he was the guy that came off the top and didn't do much. So you just wonder, you know, if there's something sneaky there in an Aaron Rodgers offense that uh, maybe, maybe, 
maybe his values plummeted for all of his owners. He he may be on your waiver wire soon. Uh, he you know I, I'm not not looking for him back in return in a, in a trade. Yeah, never a guy we could really get behind. Uh, well, what do you think about Equinamia St. Brown then? Actually, he flashed in some spots this year. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like towards the end, that was a situation where St. Brown was. I mean, it's like it was really hard to tell by the end whether it was going to be a, a Marquez Valdez Scandling or an Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, the last like starting in say week what week eleven or so, no less than three targets. You know, any any week then he had some five target weeks and stuff. I mean, really, as soon as he came in in week five, I mean, five targets, one, two, four, three, four, five, three, three, five. So I mean, he's 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 getting targeted down the stretch in an Aaron Rodgers offense. I, I mean, super talented guy. If if I were going to be be taking a gamble on one of them in dynasty, I, man. But here's the thing about Valdez Scantling. Is that he has the he definitely has like the size speed match. Is a good right? compliment. It could for, be a good compliment for Devontae Adams. So mm. Randall Cobb should finally be out. Jimmy Graham is completely trash. And Geronimo Allison knows who they'll put in the slot. If he's gonna is it, what is Geronimo Allison's contract status? Is he I guess he's gonna be still, he's still gotta, he should have another I always forget how old these guys are, but Geronimo let me just let me just look it up real quick. I just wanna see because I wonder if I wonder if eventually there could be plans to get MVS. I know he's a little bit big and fast, but maybe any plans to get him on the, him in on this slot. You know, we got to um, remember ESB was a player that we actually had a good grade on I last know. draft and, season, and, 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 and it was and just mysterious, mysteriously yeah. uh, and here, plummeted and, and, in the draft. And Geronimo Allison's contracts up, so who know? Well, we'll definitely ask Gutenkunst about this whole scenario. At the combine, we need to make sure and make a note to ask if he thinks that Valdez Scantling could play inside at the slot, because that could be the makings of an ESB MVS Devonte Adams three wide receiver group, which would be yeah. sick. I think that'd be really good. <laughs> so, so that would yeah, be a sick with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That really would so, be. We need well, to sniff me, around it. Let me just fire through a couple, of, a couple of the other ones here at the bottom of the barrel, Alex. I suppose last year Senior Bowler, actually, I think he made the All Senior Bowl team. Cedric Wilson, he's just at the bottom of the barrel in this Cowboys pecking order now, coming off the injury as a rookie. Zero interest in Cedric Wilson in it deep d- dynasty. Does, doesn't it show how shitty Jamon Moore was in those practices that Cedric Wilson was better than him? Yes. That's but we can't forget Cedric it. Wilson was a slick route runner. Maybe a guy that Cowboys he's fans a, should at least. A, he's, a, he's, a, he's a decent little player. We've got to remember that Cole Beasley's likely to be gone. And Cedric Wilson's more suited to play in the slot anyway. With so, get, I mean, get, get, get Amari Cooper outside. Yeah, you know, get Amari Cooper at the Z or at the flank. Or get, well, I guess they've been playing him at the X, and he's, he's been fine. I would say put Gallup at the X. And then, just, and then have... And then have Cedric Wilson out of the slot. You forget, even though he's pretty tall and lanky, you forget he's only like a 188, 190-pound guy. Yeah, he's thin. That was the one issue was the body, was the body mass index. Uh, with the uh, durability issues uh, persisting in Kansas City with Sammy Watkins, how about former senior bowler and my namesake, the explosive Byron Pringle is some kind of dynasty sleeper with a Patrick the, Mahomes offense. Yeah, I mean, he's the ultimate buy low, and we saw some things out of him in preseason 
But then he had the sports hernia at the beginning of the year that just you know completely held him out of action. Um, Look, they're going to have to cut Sammy Watkins when they have to pay Tyree Kill. They're not going to keep him on the boat. Pringle is a great potential replacement to Sammy Watkins just, in the next I, couple I see, of years. I, I, that makes sense to me because it, it's 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 never going to be it's never going to be Chris Conley. I think we I think that guy just is who he is. Yeah, that ship has sailed, right? And Pringle is an explosive player. Ex- and I mean that's what you're trying to re- I mean that's what I they've got out there. A few period, years but. he's still going to be explosive because that dude was like 25 when he came out. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but I mean if you're not taking a whole lot of you know tread off the tires out there it'll be interesting i think i mean what you don't have much to lose with byron pringle he's probably a free pickup on your waiver wire even in the deepest of dynasty leagues and guys I, that's just like a sharp pickup right right no that's I a agree. sharp dynasty stash it may not he's obviously a really it's a player. long really shot it may not pan out but i mean that's like that deep deep intelligence right there uh that can give you an advantage in a uh, very competitive league a couple more here alex i know we talked about anthony miller there was a lot of preseason love for javon Wims in chicago there's there's no way to get behind that in dynasty is there oh he was just the preseason goat Juice Wims, just Chase Daniel with Juice Wims, take one myself, just the three-man stack. Just cash, man. Roster Watch Nation, you you guys all, all know, you listen to the preseason pods. Like, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm not. No, there's there are too many mouths to feed there already. Like, what are the, what, what, what are the Bears going to do with, with, with Kevin White? I mean, I know that was Matt Nagy's personal reclamation project, but there wasn't much – Reclamation this year. Well, I mean, a little so bit Kevin, in spots, a little bit. I not mean, as much as Brashad Perriman to, up in Cleveland. He got to play a little bit. Um, did they? By the so, way, I, I could have some interest in Brashad Perriman in Dynasty up in Cleveland. Have they picked up his fifth-year option? Can you believe that we're already to that point? Yeah, because it's the Amari Cooper. There's no way. There's no way. I'm no. There's no way they picked up his fifth year option. No, I don't think. There's just no way they, for thirteen point nine. There's, there's, there's no way they would have had to do that last off season. Right, uh, right. Um, no, but but so I mean, he's probably he's gone, huh? What about Kevin White in Dynasty? Zero interest. I'm more interested in Brashad Perriman <laughs> in Cleveland. Hey, I kind of am too, man. With Baker Mayfield. All right, Alex, let's let's wrap this thing up with a couple of uh, running backs from last year's rookie class. Uh, with the emergence of C.J. Anderson, what does this do to John Kelly in Dynasty, a player that we really had strong handcuff appeal uh, on our Dynasty teams? I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see what they do with him. It seems like with the way that he's come in and done what he's done, it seems like Les Snead's probably going to give him like a two-year deal or something like that. Like they're going to give him a Damian Williams deal, two years, one point eight million per or something like that. Yeah, I saw Todd Gurley number two on the best ball sheet. I'm assuming that the C.J. Anderson deal is starting to maybe factor into that a little bit. I think we'll it talk has about to. it. Look, look how good, look how good that look. At, well, that's one of the things is like, I think it kind of has to at this point until we get more information. The C.J. Anderson stuff has been a real swindle. I mean, I mean, isn't like, isn't it a bit of atonement for my C.J. Anderson love on last year's best ball cheat sheet? A little bit. It, it sucked, not, man. Yeah, it didn't yeah. hit. It didn't hit. Yeah. But yeah. boy, I mean, it just hit at the wrong time, right? Yeah. <laughs> hit when it didn't matter <laughs> at all. Exactly. Jesus. 
with an entirely different team. I thought he could usurp Christian McCaffrey, not Todd freaking Gurley, man. All right, last but not least, I know that you are super bullish on Daryl Williams. I mean, on Damian Williams in Kansas City. Oh, I was going to say, Jesus Christ, what do you da- mean? Damian, Damian, Damian Williams in Kansas City heading into next year. What about Daryl Williams? Not interested. I, I mean, I, and I'm not sure that I'm, I'm that bullish on Damian Williams. He's one of the guys who I thought we needed to discuss as far as the as far as the best ball kind of hierarchy because uh, the like you get to a point around the middle of the the middle of the third round where just things start getting real squirrely between then and like the you know between then and basically like the end of the fourth with how things are going right now and I think the order could be jumbled up a little bit. Um, with that being said, I mean I'm uh, I don't I like I I do like Damian Williams. I like that the fact that. You know, the reports that came out of that signing were that the Chiefs, you know, made that deal because they liked what they saw. out of. The, and from Rappaport, he said what they saw out of their, quote, Kareem Hunt replacement. And if he is a Kareem Hunt replacement, that's the way they see him. I really like him. He was really athletic coming out of Oklahoma. And he's bigger than you. You, you forget, man, Damian Williams is 225 pounds. And he's, 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 he's running I really well. I do forget well. that. They give him the ball down around the goal line. Like, he can catch the football. He, I mean... He's always been good. Trashman has always loved him, you know? It's just like it's taken a while for him to get his shit straight. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of conflicted and a, and a little bit torn here. So you, you, don't, so you, don't, think Darryl, you don't think Daryl Williams has any plays, any role moving forward? I mean, we'll, what's going, we'll have to look at Spencer Ware's contract. Yeah, well, but and he's got to be near. He's got to be near the end. I'm, it'll be well, interesting Spencer to see. Ware and Shark Kendrick West both signed their two-year deals. Um, here, let me just see. I think they signed their two-year deals both two years ago. So let me just see. Uh, let's look up Spencer Wares. You could see I the Chiefs, they Chiefs getting the a mid, maybe a mid-round running back. Yeah so, he, yeah, so they both got the two-year deals back in, back in 27. So a two-year $3.6 million deal that was up in 2018. That was the same. So, yeah, they'll be uh, – so by the looks of it, Char Kendrick West and Spencer Ware will both be gone. So maybe a little – Potentially. They Williams. could he's resign. Just, they might resign. So slow. But, you know, everybody, whatever he's going to He looked all right about, in spots, though, right? No, I mean he, – he, he, Well, that's what people, people are going to say. And they're also going to say that he, he never got the chance at LSU because he was behind Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis. But a bunch of people around LSU say that given the opportunity, he would have been – you know, he he would have been a stud there, similar to those guys. I don't really believe it, but um, you know, sounds like this is. We set. were at his senior bowl too, and uh, like I just, I'm not too interested. Sounds like this is setting up for the Kansas City Chiefs to be in the running back market in the 2019 NFL Draft. <laughs>